tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Hello. Hello. And that is... A piece, a piece of the theme song of Terminator, of the Terminator movies, when they introduce Sarah Connor, right? Yeah, that's Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Connor. Sarah Adrian Connors, right? It. And we pick it. <laughs> I pick all the music. What are you talking oh, about? Yeah, right, right. Thank Adrian's you. We have to. We have. Yes. Give me shelter. Yes, Adrian <laughs> Snow, the amazing, the probably the. Most attractive Terminator nerd on this planet. Wow. Yeah, that, that's what you're saying. I, Thank you. Yeah, that is quite right? the compliment. I know, but she, she does she does pick our theme music to our, you know, the beginning of the Extant episodes because Extant does not have a theme song and we uh she chose this one because first of all, of all episodes, tonight's doubleheader, you know, episode eight and nine really was very Terminator kind of-esque. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, first and foremost, want to introduce everyone. My name is Monis Rose, and to my left are the most amazing first and foremost, Charlie Behrens. How are you doing today, Charlie? I am doing just fine today. Thank you for asking, Monis. I appreciate oh, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the uh, um, Tari Miller, who is very uh, dressed, I, I just want to say, I'm kind of... You're just dressed very dapper. I, I can't even get the words oh, out of my mouth, you shucks. know. Yes, we have matching cups. We have matching <laughs> shirts. Um, we planned this out, everyone. I called him in the morning, and I was like, guys, we got we to gotta be, be in sync. And hey, two great minds think alike. I, oh, always, yeah. I always say that, absolutely. <laughs> and then, obviously, the amazing music supervisor of our, <laughs> yes. our battle, Adrian Snow. Yeah. How, how are you doing today, Adrian? I'm doing great. I'm right. doing great. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Two we, hours. Two hours. We sat through it, and <laughs> it held my attention. Did did it hold all of all of yours for the two hours? Sitting there, eating our popcorn, drinking our soda pop. Yeah, yeah. We got a yeah. lot of exciting things this week. Yeah. Ethan yeah. turned into the Terminator and started <laughs> intro music. Yes, and did. oh man, he is going to be an evil child. No, he's not. He already so, is. I, I wanted them. I just want to drop it from the get go, Charlie. You know, I, I, if I had a hat, I would tip just, it. I would tip. I'll tip I'll your tip. headphones <laughs> to it because I totally predicted it. Look, yes, I have this from gentlemen. the last thing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Barons predicted that aliens versus Ethan. This that this is what was going to happen. Now he, he did predict it was going to happen in season three, mm-hmm. but it yeah. happened a lot. Are you okay with that? Well, it it happened much faster, right. and why it happened much faster was because Ethan perpetuated this much faster because he does everything super fast. So that was just the number of seasons me and with a human mind could conceive this happening. Mm. <laughs> but Ethan took it there in the first season. And how do you feel being so right, Charlie? Do you feel so good? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I like that you guys. I are. really <laughs> like it when Manas hosts the show because I get all my. All You've never been here when he hasn't. The show. <laughs> so one time he wasn't know. here, you weren't here either. Yeah, no, maybe actually, there. Maybe that's that so, says so, something. Yeah, we had a wonderful He's show. my support. Team. We had a ton of right. viewership. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Now, no guys, we we all watched this. Uh, we all watched the doubleheader together. And while I was watching, I noticed a lot of eye rolling from Adrian Snow. Was there, oh. there was a lot of eye rolling. <laughs> heard the eye rolling. Yeah, so what do you think was... <laughs> and then I rolled my eyes just then. Um, I rolled my eyes not because of the storyline but because of the dialogue. Like, you don't know what you've unleashed. Or... No risk, ri- no, no reward. Risk, no reward. <laughs> um, and so, I was like, oh my god, just the dialogue sometimes makes me want to right. scream. And is it just me or I feel since the pilot has it deteriorated or no it's always been this cheesy it's always been this cheesy you were just in denial about it the first three episodes I and I was I like was. I'm not crazy this dialogue is not good <laughs> you're right it's not good well, and and I know you said it was like them schmacting but it's not them schmacting <laughs> it's just bad dialogue and when an actor gets bad dialogue they just go well what can I do with this okay I'm just going to make the stakes as crazy high as possible. I mean, they are high stakes, but now everything I say is going to have this like dramatic soap opera flair. Um, no risk, no reward. You can't have a Spielberg thing without a little bit of cheese. Listen, like without a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know, even E.T. makes you cry at the end, okay? When he's like, Still E.T., time. go home and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm never going to cry at extent. And my rant is done. Let's continue. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, Tari, now... Were you pleased with what you saw? Two hours worth of extent. Were you pleased with both of these episodes? Um, I like that it, it, it's going. I mean, uh, we, we've had our setup, and now we can just kind of play and splash around in the world that we've built. Um, and I like that. Um, I also like that we're getting more baby time, because that is I'm, – I'm here for the baby. It's all about the baby for me. And he he's displaying a lot of new powers. Um, we're getting a lot of time with um, – Essentially, what he means to everyone, and it's this it's focal it's this focal point that everyone can all uh, kind of rally around. Whether someone's trying to protect it, or what, someone's trying to retrieve it, someone's trying to eliminate it. It's all uh, around this one central point, and I like that um, we can, no matter what's going on, because there are like six different storylines in the show, um, but all of them can always be brought back around to mysterious baby. Absolutely, and you know, so. I feel as, you know, this season has progressed, that overall themes, we have this baby issue, and then we have, and we will get to it very shortly, we have Charlie's Terminator prediction, which is now accurate, so we have that as a <laughs> Thank second you. Yeah. <laughs> And then we also have, yeah, I feel the, fam- the family, the real Spielberg family aspect that is not strong that you mentioned, Adrian, like it's not really a tear-jerker of a theme, but he, we have this kind of Pinocchio, Geppetto kind of theme going with John and Ethan. But going back to the Terminator theme, you know, we f- pretty much, we found out that this really, at least the first episode was Terminator all over again when... Odin. Yeah, this Odin and Julie went out on a date and we f- figure out who Odin really is. Isn't that right, Charlie? Yes, Odin is part of them. He is going what? to... Yeah. Part of them? Part of them. Can you please explain? 
Well, let me just let me just say this. This is I, I actually I'm gonna we'll talk about Odin in a second, but I think Ethan has found his first soldier in the war of the machines, and that's the garbage can that got hit with a little grenade by oh, those his boys. Little, his little R two D two. Little R two D two, which would uh, make the, Ethan. By the by the way, though that that garbage can that city property so what they did what <laughs> what ethan did you know taking them back that that yeah. stealing you know i so- think that's a very important point you bring up Maz, because we do want to clarify to any children who might be watching this stealing park garbage cans is never condoned <laughs> uh, and disgusting don't do it it's disgu- you, you <laughs> it, don't know what bit. else but i do think the bomb probably cleared out all the bacteria <laughs> So we can move on. The way that I had seen that whole deal is, um, it's like a kid finding a wounded puppy in, in, in the, uh, in the park. So it's like he, he, he's like, Hey, you know, I want to care for this puppy and take it home and fix him and he'll be mine forever. And I'm going to hug him and squeeze him. Uh, So you think he's more like the robot dog from the Jeffersons? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Wait, nice. no, not the Jeffersons, the, the, the Jetsons. Jetsons. My yeah. bad. That's, I, got, I got your Jeffersons. Moving on up. Yeah. Moving on, up yeah. <laughs> on the clouds. The Jetsons, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. What's the robot song? Um, Astro. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see it being like Astro. Now, yeah. a- Adrian, did you, did you really think that Odin, even from the get-go, was up to no good? Was there something? Oh, yeah. Iffy? Yeah. I think we talked about, well, I mean, just... By, I think last episode I said the fact that they gave him the name of God of War means he's up to no good because it's not a common name to begin with. So that's how you know, okay, well, he's up to something and he's a soldier. And then, of course, he comes out with that big speech and it's all about rallying the troops up against the humanics and blah, 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 blah. And the accent. And yeah. the fact that he was... <laughs> he was I think he's British. British. Yeah. He's, I'm like Cockney. Maybe someone in an Yeah, he's foreign. foreign. He's a foreigner. He's um, foreign. That's all I got. Um, so I think I think they kind of. I guess the one thing about the show that bugs me is that you'll never really be surprised by anyone's intentions because everyone pretty much shows what their intentions are. So. I would love to be surprised. I would love for them to introduce a character and for me to have no clue what their what their game plan is or anything like that. It just seems like everything falls into place. Like the whole idea that Yasumoto might be an ancient, I'm definitely feeling like that's going to be confirmed. And so it's just kind of if you, it's just so blatant. A guy named Odin, of course, is going to want to start a war. So, You're right, and I mean, so and I mean, sometimes like when I watch a film or a TV show and I predict something that is going to happen I'm like yes this does happen kind of like Charlie's prediction now, <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for you for you Adrian would you say you're kind of like let down in that way when no I'm not let down if it's not something that happens all the time like I was kind of happy with and we'll get to him in a second with Kern I thought that was a nice shift but then again I spotted it in the previous episode so you can kind of see that that's coming I would like everything to not be so broadcasted so Certain shows will kind of throw you for a loop and make you uncertain or make you feel like you you are certain about something and then they change it at the last minute. And I appreciate those surprises on occasion. I don't want everything I think to always be right. Right. Well, can I argue that um, I imagine that you uh, consume media more than like an average viewer. So I would say that like... I am exceptionally intelligent. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's what I'm saying, audience. No, um, but so I would argue that 
the things that you're seeing are the seeds that the writers are planting because because since it is in this world that's like not like our own CBS yes (laughs) since it is uh, alien CBS um, they have to like make things plausible so you have to understand why the characters are doing what they're doing and but like as someone who uh, is more informed about like story building and all that stuff like you see these clues and you're like well that's gonna happen because this this as uh, all the tropes would tell me that's what is supposed to happen I suppose, but they they broadcast it. Okay, right. well, hang on. Riddle me this one, though, okay. story expert. Why <laughs> is why does Kern? Why do we meet Gordon's mom, and then Kern's she mom. has this weird thing about? It's to give you a reason to understand why he switches his motives in the middle of the episode, so that you understand that he has a personal connection to what's going on with with Molly and with Krager, because she comments on their father and what their father did landing the plane in the middle of a cornfield. Well, you know, um, we, yeah, wait. What about the plane in the cornfield? <laughs> we'll, we'll, get to, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. We, will, we will get to that. We will get to that. No, no I want to talk about it now. Give a man what he wants. You know, but obviously you're right. Like, um, with, with this Odin and Julie, Odin really is only... Yes, it's very predictable. Is using Julie to get to Ethan, which hence oh, yeah. that's Charlie's yeah, the first war. prediction. Yeah, the the robot war. You know, it's, it has it's begun. Them. It has begun, and Baby also, sitting. I mean, which is no surprise. Julie's just being used. Sorry, Julie. And yeah. then there was um, a mysterious character, the Miss Dodd, also known as the Idiot. Sorry, but that's how John coined her. You yeah. know, that's how John that's coined how her. But that's how we all remember her, actually. But her name is Miss Dodd, or the woman with the tassel in her hair from an earlier scene. <laughs> yes. But anyway, she is also joining forces with. Odin, and later we do see that, you know, and we will get to that part, but we see that Odin actually, we don't see it unravel, but he does eventually meet Ethan, and now now maybe Charlie will give us a prediction of that showdown, because we see Odin look at Ethan in his pajamas at his house, I mean, how is that going to go down? Is, is, is the robot we're going to start, or... When we last left our hero Ethan with Odin, Odin was going up for the high five. Ethan, I believe, accepts the high five and plays into his hand, so to speak. Then Odin is going to get Ethan in a corner, but Charlie is going to come save the day. No. Yes. No, because Ethan commented on the fact that he wished he was stronger because if he had been stronger, he could have defended that robot against the boys. So, because Ethan is, well, we'll get to this, but because Ethan can kind of think on his own now, mm-hmm. I think he's going to enhance his strength and defeat Odin before Odin even gets a chance. Hmm. That'd be I agree with you. I was going to disagree just for the point of disagreeing with you, but I really agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, in the last week's, last week's episode, Kern really, you know, we learned a lot about Kern last week because he had this kind of drug problem, you know, inhaling all these different gases. Absalom. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what does that do to you, by the way? What does it really... We talked about this last episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, moving on. Get you high. We learn learn a lot more, and were you pleased... We'll start with Tari. Were you pleased with uh, Kern flips flips the switch here? He goes from bad to good, or is it very real? Is it... Or is he going to go... You know, is he playing out that he's really bad all the time, or did he really flip the switch? Is it just the Uh, Absalom talking? (laughs) It's just the... uh, No, uh, I think that... 
for the sake of the story, yes, he legitimately switched. I mean, uh, he's had his doubts, uh, and Krieger does a good job of essentially convincing him that he's on the wrong side, um, and that they can help him. Um, I don't, I, like, I don't see him, uh, I mean, I, this is kind of later in the episode, but I don't see him, uh, switching, especially since he was willing to give his life for, uh, Molly's cause. You know, like, he was ready to take a bullet, and, uh, I respect it. Um, I always like when bad characters, especially, uh, kind of badass characters become good guys, because then you get more time with them, you don't, you get to root for them. Um, I, though he, he is a terrible, terrible, uh, super spy, I think that, uh, he, once he, now that he's on the side of good, he's gonna be so much better. Hmm. What'd you think of the current storyline in this? Doubleheader, Adrian? Um, well, like I said, it was pretty much broadcast. And I kind of had a feeling that he had doubts. They played, they kind of gave us a hint of that last episode when he was talking about the guy who was up in the um, Seraphim from last episode. So it was, it was nice to see Kern switch, but it was also kind of predictable because how else would they get to the baby unless somebody who was on the inside switched over? Um, and so... I would have liked to have seen more about uh, his backstory. I kind of get frustrated when they just randomly have someone come in just to give like some explanation of why this person's going to do what they're about to do very quickly. So having his mom come in and be like, "My father, your father went crazy," and da 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 da. Um, I don't know. Sometimes just hold back. Sometimes just let us kind of let it happen naturally. It felt a little forced having the mom from Poltergeist come out. And You're right, because Charlie, you missed that whole mom cover, because that's when the mom talks about the plane landing in the cornfield. I no, think you I, guys are talking about something. I uh, no. probably. During the show? I was being bad. I was at a popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I heard the whole thing about landing the plane in the cornfield, but I didn't... Hear why? You didn't connect it. Because he thought it was the voice of God, and that's why he kept saying, there's more, there's more yes. than on more... In heaven and earth, than our yeah, philosophy. That's the title was, of the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie's more confused now than when he asked the question three minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> so Kern makes the quote: "There's more in heaven and earth than our philosophy, or right. than our philosophy can yeah. reveal, or something like yes. that." The alien, and he, that's yeah, and that's him response to his mom saying that your father was insane, and he's like, "Well, maybe he did see God when, because he said God told him to land the plane in the cornfield, and so that's." what prompts Kern to have his doubts about what they're doing with the aliens is because he thinks his father was somehow touched by this alien. He doesn't sure, he's not sure if this alien is a type of God. Hmm. Okay, cool. Definitely didn't get that on the first run through. Thank you, Adrian <laughs> Snow, for that, uh, that recap of that. You watched two hours. So anyway, so <laughs> that's why I do this show. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so the Kern and the Krieger storyline, you know, it does progress that, they, um, you know, Kern pretty much has kidnapped or holds Krieger captive for a little bit. And then obviously Krieger escapes because there's just this random nail on the ground. Horrible. Yeah. You know, he, he looks, he looks for these, this broken glass and then he looks somewhere else and there's a nail. Can we just talk about how 
horrible the setup that was. He sees the broken glass, and then Kern sees him looking at the glass. So he picks up the glass. And you're like, oh, he could have gotten out. Oh well. And then immediately, dramatic music points to the nail. I was like, come dun, on, dun, man. Dun. Yes. And why is he being like muffled with some packaging he wrap? Like, or yeah, he looks like Bane, like a bad uh, Halloween costume for Bane. From I the, know. Yeah. It's like, don't yeah. they have bandanas in the future? Just well, wrap that around his mouth. Work. I guess it muffles the sound. So if he makes any sound, then it, it kind of just absorbs it. Maybe I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah. And if not, they and if you use tape, you can lick tape off your face. But like, how many times have you been yeah. wrapped up on a chair? I have Sorry. siblings, and <laughs> we had little supervision. Right, not not important. Not, <laughs> this is not therapy. This Are we off therapy. topic? What? No, <laughs> we're talking about facial constrictions. Oh, anyway, so <laughs> so you know, we do see a very. Yeah, very fast, very network-driven, this change from enemies, Krieger and Kern, to now friends, and we have to help save the day and get Molly in between, and this story unravels, doesn't it, Adrian? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, when Kern turns ally, that helps a lot, because they had that kind of introduct- small introduction of uh, uh, Derek Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, who has some information from the Aruna, because they kind of touch on... The Aruna and you know Molly learning about that and how the how the alien affects people when they're in group settings um, and so having Kern step in at that moment and aid Molly as she's finding out this information about Derek Kern and Claypole Industries and all of that um, I don't want to go too far into that but that's kind of how they get it so that Kern ends up linking up with Molly and helping them is that he has the key to Claypool Industries. Right. Did I explain that correctly? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And plus, he, he has the key pretty much to the whole facility, you know, yeah. all of Yasumoto. I mean, he has all the secrets. He tells Molly, you know, how they transported the body and what they did to Ethan. I mean, all these secrets just come out because Molly really does question, like, what did you do? How did you do this? And it's a laundry list. He yeah. just spits out a laundry list at, yeah. in this episode. It's like, boom, it's boom, boom. It's way too well, easy. Sorry. That was the confusing part, part for me in that, like, he said that he didn't know who uh, the man behind pulling the strings was. But I could have swore there was that there was... Yasumoto. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. But, I mean, maybe he was trying to protect Yasumoto for some reason or another. But that part was uh, off throwing threw me off yep those are the words off-putting. <laughs> no. I like off throwing off throwing I mean I don't know audience do, do you remember if they had ever had a scene together scrub through all the episodes let me know <laughs> well you know really quick uh, before you know speaking of nice segue speaking of audience guys Really want your help, but you know, we really appreciate all the comments on YouTube. Also, we're on iTunes. Uh, please comment for the Extend After Show on iTunes. You know, we would love to hear what you think. Uh, you know, you can always, if we have made an error or if you disagree or agree, just give a shout out. We, we love, we love to read, you know, what you love to write. And we really want to thank you for listening and watching. Yeah. And we do respond on Twitter. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, slap us with a five-star rating because it helps people know that we're awesome and it helps us get up uh, in the ranking boards on iTunes. So that would be awesome as Yes, well. absolutely. But yeah, speaking of uh, back to current, you know, this really helps Molly's quest, doesn't it? Uh, that we'll, we'll go. We'll toss it to you, Charlie. Doesn't it help Molly's quest in... 
yeah. finding out who her baby is, and she needs to see her baby and get me my baby. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she uh, Kern is obviously opening the doors quite literally for Molly. Uh, Kern's taking on this kind of Dark Knight thing. You can't remind me of Batman in there. No, okay, Adrian disagrees. <laughs> Moving on. Is <laughs> since we don't get the Batman thing, what about the bats or were those birds? They were birds. birds. Damn it! They're like they're crows or darn it! They're Batman birds. They're bat birds. Well, they did the circle thing. So, and that means that the baby is communicating with Molly. Going to throw this in there real quick, Game of Thrones fans. Anyone else see the parallel between Molly and Khaleesi, mother of the aliens, mother of the dragons? Mm-hmm. Let me know on Twitter because I don't think anyone else here agrees. <laughs> uh, side note. But anyway, and then we see the birds communicating and then uh, gunshots go off. Someone dies and uh, yeah, the person in the uh, in the tank where the baby was. Oh, mm. yeah. But we oh. didn't know about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, that's okay. That's okay. So, yeah, Molly's quest ends up with people getting shot and all of that. Yeah. Where, you know, really, it starts out with, you know, Molly talks to Sam, you know, trying to get information. Mm-hmm. And then Molly does some digging on her own. And obviously, she has to do everything by herself. You know, no, no. She leaves John out of it. Leaves Ethan out of it. I need mm-hmm. to do this by myself. I need to do this by myself. Luckily, you know, she has this, uh, she, she gets this, you know, um, she, she thinks she gets this asset with, a uh, with Pierce, finds out he's dead or, you know, he has committed suicide or someone has killed him. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, absolutely. Um, he's been so silenced. She, you know, being the <laughs> investigator she is, she wants to do her own digging still. She goes, uh, where Pierce lived in this penthouse tower, also known as Claypool Industries. Um, no. Oh, it wasn't? It was... It's a penthouse that was bought by Claypool Industries uh, right. bought and by... sold to, de- to Thank Derek. Thank you. For one dollar. Thank you. For one dollar. Absolutely. No taxes. On Grand. On Grand Avenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> that is correct. So, anyway, Molly then is, though, she, she looks around, she peeks around, and she is caught. She is locked in this penthouse suite Kern timed all Kern helps save her you know because he has security are you talking about you know we're jumped over to Claypool yeah right yeah so she so is the, up okay up yeah. to Claypool okay. she is searching the the tower for herself sees you know sees the sign the alien sign the ring sign she is caught um this is just one heck of a quest I just have to say <laughs> she is caught Kern you know save saves the day because mm-hmm. he has security access but Molly is still dead set on seeing her baby she needs to see her baby yeah. so anyway Tara you want to take it from there um, yeah so after he essentially knocks out some guards and leads her downstairs uh, they hop in the car with Krieger uh, and then Krieger her or Krieger Kearns and Molly all convene at her house and come down come up with a plan um, and so they since she had set off that red flag, they are planning to move the baby. Yep, this is at that point. Wait, nope. No, I'm is, skipping a bunch yeah. of stuff because I'm terrible. This is just terrible. when she gets it. She tries to get information from Kern, and Kern just gives her the information. And so then they decide they're going to try and figure out what they do. And the next morning, Kern 
Because oh. Yasumoto and Sparks have a meeting that same night. Yes. Kern is told then. Right. And, and then they... Okay, yes. Because uh, Molly's plan is to show the board the yeah. the uh, footage from... Aruna. The Aruna. Yes. Um, but then that goes horribly awry since uh, essentially Sparks gives the order to kill her because of her, uh, her defiance, uh, which sets every plan into motion of... Getting the baby during the transport uh, ordered by Yasumoto. Bam! Can I say that it, it is interesting that Sparks kind of went against... You were, you were air pumping. Um, that Sparks went against Yasumoto's orders and decided to injure or um, in some way basically assassinate Molly. And I didn't think that was going to be something that he would choose to do. I just think... At all odds, he's not going to let go of the fact that he can talk to his daughter. Like, yeah. that is that family element that uh, he he's just not willing to let go of. Just yeah. like Molly isn't willing to now let go of the alien baby because that's become her family. You know, they're mm-hmm. just layers and layers of family elements. Yeah. And she finally gets to her baby, yet she doesn't. And still, we do not see what the baby looks like and dun-dun-dun. But we have a glimpse of the baby. We yes. do. We do. We Baby's do. got bad asthma. Is in the corner, right? That was the baby. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. The baby yeah. And yes. the making the noises. Glow of the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, while all this is going on, we have the Pinocchio Geppetto storyline of mm-hmm. John and oh, Ethan. Boy, now, Ethan. Right, and I think, guys, I'm going to say Ethan is slowly becoming more of a real boy. Wouldn't you? Would you guys agree? Yeah. Um, no, You're rolling your eyes once no, again. I didn't roll oh, my oh, eyes. Oh, oh. I just looked. A, I lifted an eyebrow. Uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, he's becoming way too advanced, too fast. The fact that he could just easily pick up Japanese and start speaking it, um, I could see why John is unnerved by that because he doesn't want him to accelerate. Because if he accelerates, then people like Odin and Mrs. Dodd will turn against him because they think he can't be c- controlled. And they are right. Mistad asked, what will you do if he can't be controlled? And the, the safety major- measures that they implemented no longer work. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way that Ethan will turn bad is if people turn against him. I don't think that's going to be his inherent nature. But if he sees that people are going to turn against him or try and shut him down in some way, he's going to do the most human human thing you can do, which is to protect yourself. Right. So... And that means killing, and hence Charlie, the yes. war on machines. <laughs> I mean, he wants and- to know what's his function. And I think when he, when those bullies pushed him down and he stood up, you could kind of see in his eyes that he already knew what his function was. Did you expect his eye to glow red? Because I kind of did. Yeah, yes. a little bit. Absolutely. A little bit. A little bit. Yes. That's and pretty right, awesome. Yeah, you know, John, like he wants to control this. He's trying to control this. Um, Tara, do you think this is right? Um, I, I do, but at the same time, I kind of, I mean, I understand the, the idea of wanting to confine his growth because, uh, I mean, it makes him less human, but at the same time, I felt like it was just John essentially having empty nest syndrome kind of thing where he's like, you're, you're growing up too fast and I can't, I can't keep protecting you, you mm-hmm. know? So for me, it was less of a... Um, I want to protect you from everything. And it was more like, I'm going to lose you one day because you're going to be too great or you're going to be too great for me to contain. I thought it was I thought it was more so about control because he leaves that message for Molly saying Ethan's the one thing I can control right now. Um, and that's why he was going to go in and slow down his acceleration. So 
I, I'm kind of getting the sense from John, just as the episodes are going on, that he is just a control freak. <laughs> and that it's not so much about his son growing up too fast. It's just like, this is not what I expected my experiment to do. Because even he can't let go of the fact that Ethan is a humanic and not a boy. What, right. I, what I find interesting, I feel though, you know, Ethan can only, am I right about, am I or am I wrong, right or wrong, he can only grow and mature inside so he can develop Japanese he can start dreaming or having nightmares and he mm. can, but but he will not actually grow externally he will only yeah. stay f- um you know oh, oh tra- did sorry you wanna, did you, you see that in my eyes i, <laughs> I was going to say he can go into the lab and be like that's a pretty sweet big muscular arm i'm going to yeah, put that on well, myself that's i think what they're know? kind of going with him with him and his um r2d2 is that he'll eventually learn how to advance himself so he can learn how to Give himself a mature body and a stronger body if he wants right. to. Ah, uh, and this this is sorry, 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 but this may be going crossing lines of when we saw how Odin had the special arm. You know, mm-hmm. when Julie fixed his arm, hence that might maybe Ethan will get a couple of those. Right? Um, maybe Ethan will take Odin's arm after they do the <laughs> high five. <laughs> uh, that would be insane! Okay. Just this giant like Trogdor arm. Um, Anyway, um, I mean, well, they they bring up uh, in the dinner with Yasumoto the idea of transferring a consciousness into a into a humanic. A, a humanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of goes in in line with that whole idea. And that, like, I mean, either maybe Ethan can be transferred into a human body or vice versa. He wouldn't want to be in a human body. Um, I mean, he wouldn't. Well, I mean, if he wanted to be a real boy, he would. Mm-hmm. But so I mean, there could be a whole idea of uh, Yasumoto switching bodies with Ethan, Ethan becoming a real living being, and Yasumoto becoming immortal like he wants to be. I think the scariest combination in the world would be Ethan and Yasumoto. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's say the predictions, guys. <laughs> really quick. Last but not least, we do have Yasumoto. You know, we do see him awake from the sludge, and he tell. You know, we see him have a meeting with. You know, sparks in the Japanese tea room, which I do want a Japanese tea room, by the way. One day in my life, I want that. That was his living room. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so we see that. We see Yasumoto awake from his sludge, you know, demolition man style, which we've stated when we were first introduced with Yasumoto. Um, And he's dying. He wants us. He actually has a heart because he wants to keep Molly alive. Obviously, Sparks doesn't. Mm, he only wants to keep her alive if she's some benefit to the alien. If she's True. not, right. he said kill her. Right. Yeah. So, well, he yeah. said do with her what you will. So <laughs> Keep her alive until she's that 70. <laughs> and then also we have Sparks who, yes, we, we already mentioned disobeying Yasumoto's orders, going after Molly, mm-hmm. you know, has is not afraid to point a gun at her. Also, is keeps on having flashbacks. Not of, afraid to shoot her. He shot. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then she switched over to Kern's daughter. You know, shape shape shift. And then he remorses and cries like a little baby, or tries to cry. <laughs> he tried his best. To he cry tried a couple was, times. Yeah, he tried. It was it was a failed attempt. It's all cried out, guys. He's been absolutely. crying for years. But anyway, Molly is still alive. Sparks didn't actually shoot and kill yeah. Molly. And I actually think. Sparks is the next person to uh, flip the switch, just like Kern did, and we're going to see a softer. So you, you want to go into predictions? You know what? It's another two-hour episode next week. Another <laughs> two-hour episode. Let's do the predictions for next week. All right. Yeah. Now, you're after Buzz TV. 
Yeah. All right, Adrian. Let's start off with you. What do you think is going to happen in the n- another special two-hour oh, episode? Two hours. Um. Well, I think now we'll finally. Please just let us see the baby. I saw a flashing eye. I hear him make his weird TARDIS sound. And so now I'm ready to kind of see the baby, see what that's all about. So I think we're going to get more of an introduction to the baby. And I think we're going to get more of an interaction between Ethan and Odin. So, and what Odin's intentions are with Ethan. That's my prediction. Tara Miller, what do you got to say? Um, I'm definitely hoping that, uh, Odin steals Ethan, uh, cause that's, that would be awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping our, our trio of Craiger, Kearns, and Molly, uh, managed, I, I'm hoping that they find out Yasumoto's, the, the puppet master, cause then mm. they can actually start making moves against him. Um, I mean, we see uh, in the preview, I don't want, I don't like referencing the previews in my, uh, in my predictions, but I mean, like the whole alien recruiting sparks thing, I hope that also comes to a head. And that, like, I, I want he seems to be having a shift as well. So everyone's going to be good now, except for Yasumoto. So. Well, just to talk on that, if you notice with costuming, the people who are actually really bad tend to wear darker colors, while everyone else wears muted colors. Hmm. So Mrs. Dot was in black and white, and then Odin was the only has only really been seen in black. Okay, just to kind of give you guys heads. Heads up. So gray is kind of like they could go either way, which is most of the cast, and then right. everyone else is like black and white. Nice, Charlie. What's going to happen De- in our devil header next week? <laughs> devil header. John De- wears double devil. The devil, De- De- devil header. De- De- um, John wears black though. On occasion, he does wear black. So I think John is going to turn bad because. I've always thought that for a long time. And he has an accent just like Odin. It's just because he's Grand Vishnik and he always turns bad except for ER. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe that's the reason. All right. But the offspring, I think we'll finally see it. And it's going to be just real quick. Imagine the pressure on the person who's making the offspring because this is like the alien, you know, like E.T. It's so iconic. So you've got a lot of pressure on figuring out what the offspring looks like. Mm. Um, speaking of which, I like the name The Offspring just because it reminds me of my favorite um, 90s band. Um, <laughs> oh, it's still a good band. Yeah. <laughs> I think, obviously, what it's so hard not to go off those um, go off those recaps, but it's going to be very interesting to see Sparks um, go from not just his daughter as like a very young girl, but as an older um, woman and seeing how her advice to him changes based yeah. on who it is and how it impacts him. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's eventually going to snap out of it. And I think they're all going to realize this alien's got to go. <laughs> but before they get to that point, the alien, alien is going to get too powerful. And then the humanics and the humans, this World War Eight thing that's going to happen. Not at season three, in season one. In season one. <laughs> Um, they're going to realize they have to combine powers and it's going to be robots versus aliens, Ethan's versus aliens, because <laughs> the humans just have to sit back and watch at that point. Then we might the just have to stick with the Terminator theme song. <laughs> yeah. No, not the whole time. Well, you know, guys, I, I, 
I feel, you know, there's no really other ground I can say. I, I agree with all of you. I have no new predictions. I mean, just a couple of themes we're just going to see. We're going to see a lot more, you know, advertisements advertisements for BMW, Tesla. They brought in <laughs> Mercedes-Benz. A lot of, you know, what was, what was really interesting is, like, the first episode, I noticed a, a lot more day shots. It was shot a lot in the daytime. The second episode was shot at night. You know, we might have that, yeah, the, the black and white themes mm-hmm. going on. But really... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. We're going to see the baby. We're going to see more of this, like, Odin army rise. We're going to, you know, a little bit more Yasumoto. Obviously, Julie's going to get her heart broken. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> or she's going to lead the rebellion with the Humanics and then oh, beat the crap out of Odin. That yeah. is, that's yeah. Now, that's the that's, prediction. I'm, yeah. That's the good that's one. Her. Yeah. All right. Well, well, on that awesome prediction, Adrian. So, where can all of the fans out there in the world find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. That's A-D-R-I-A-N. Tari Miller, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Uh, you can also catch me on the Sword Art Online panel on Sundays uh, and the Legend of Korra panel on Sundays. Huzzah! Charlie, Charlie like that. That was awesome. Charlie Barons, where can everyone in the world find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie Barons. Emmanis, where can we find you? Well, guys, I actually do not have a Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, but you can actually hear and listen to me. I have an iTunes podcast. It's called Restaurant Fiction, and actually I share a story of I get in a huge bar fight at the fictional bar uh, featured in the movie Roadhouse called The Double Ooh, Deuce. So please... Nice. Roadhouse. Yeah, so please <laughs> plug in, you know, listen to the extant <laughs> iTunes podcast and then go over to Restaurant Fiction, that podcast on iTunes, and check that out. I think you'll like it. Well, anyway, guys, it once again has been a privilege and an honor. You guys are awesome. All you guys watching and listening to us, you guys are awesome, capital A. My name is Monst Rose, and keep it real, keep it fresh, and always keep it on the flip side. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 